Welcome to the Combat Chat Podcast. This is an Aussie based show covering everything to do with Muay Thai, submission grappling, MMA boxing, and weird news the fight world has to offer each week. Now it's time to combat sports and chill with your boys, Shane, Trent, and Hugh. Ahoy, hoy. How are you going, mate? Good. How are you? Yeah, I got all right. 48 hours from freedom. <laughs> oh, it's a countdown, baby. It's like, I don't know. It feels weird. <laughs> I'm going to be back inside again. It's like, really? I'm like forgetting, hey. Like, nah, mm. I don't know if there is any life outside of this. <laughs> it's like, it's going to be like, you know, that hasn't, like, you know, almost like a, be like a, a scared little forest creature just crawling out. Going, oh, is it? Are we allowed to do stuff? I'm be at the pub schoon in hand 9 a.m. Monday morning. Yes, that's the that's the right response. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be in the queue. I imagine there'll be a queue from. There will be a crew. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's like you know those. So those pubs that's, that's got like a nine o'clock. That's got a nine o'clock. You know, opening. Boom! People are gonna be there straight away. Freedom Day. I'm taking an RDO, boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First thing, Freedom Day. Like, <laughs> I need to, I need to locate the best spot for like bacon and eggs, and a scooter. Because it's gonna be breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So, oh yeah, it's, it's it's been a little while for us on that one. You know, just trying to get our times lined up and whatever. Yeah. But like, we're here. Busy gents. Excellent. I guess you guys have been listening to maybe the Muay Thai hour in the in the, in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. Which, which is good. I have been. Yeah, I have been too. I've been enjoying it actually. It's been it's been it's a fun little dynamic that yeah, Andy, Sai, um, Kieran, and sometimes a special guest they have on there as well. It's been cool. <laughs> Someone gets fat shamed by them every episode though. Oh bro, that's it, it's brutal in there. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be too many limits on it. Yeah, like that's what you won't catch from us. We're a fat shame free zone over here by each to their own. No shaming here unless you like mod tie. That's about it, really. <laughs> Actually, yeah, there's a little bit of shaming on our side as well. <laughs> uh, speak about good Muay Thai for me. Let's give a shout out to our boys at War- uh, Warriors of the Mong Kong. We're both wearing the shirts. We are both wearing the shirts. They were sponsoring this podcast. Thank you very much. Right. And it's like, yeah, and like, look out for them, man. Like, they're coming back on the scene. They've got some cool things cooking up from there. I'm really excited to see, yeah, like what Owen and the boys at Warren the Monkons got, got coming forward soon. Yeah, if you haven't seen the original Warriors and the Monkons show, I'm pretty sure you can still get it on um, Vimeo. It's really, really good. Oh, it's great. It's a great series, man. That one. How yeah. long would that have been going now? Probably over 10 years ago. Now, at least 10 years ago. That doesn't feel old as shit. Yeah. I can remember I watched that kind of when I was first starting out in with uh, uh, a lot of good Thailand footage, follow some of the big names from, well, a lot of those big names are still big names, but following like Lewis Regis. That was around about when um, uh, Lewis fought on Real Hero. Mm. Yeah, like that, 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 that coincided with that massive Real Hero show when Toby fought um, Superbond. Yeah. Yeah, like wicked footage from those and loves the slow-mo, does... um. Oh, because he was actually on Sydney last time as well. I got some wicked um clips from that as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Like it's it's great. Like you know, it's a great, it's a great film that he puts up. And it's like and like yeah, look, look hopefully we get some more cranking out soon as well. Yeah, I'm really excited for what they're cooking up. 
Nice. So another shout out from there. So like, um, well, this show we're spending a lot of time, like, you know, catching up some news and also like uh, breaking down the, the stellar card of one championships uh, first strike next week and uh, next Friday. Yeah. Um, but also in Australia, in Melbourne from there, you have Warriors away coming back again from there with uh, River Daz being the, the front line uh, mm. on a boxing on a boxing card against, uh, I forget his last name, but I know it's Hunter. Um, and I looked at Hunter's fight like recently with the Flamingo, uh, Jacob NG. And that one, mm-hmm. and like Hunter's man, he's not, he's not a slouch. He's only had one loss, which was the Flamingo, but that was a back and forth banger where they just dropped each other as well. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see like, uh, River, like, you know, taking in like, you know, to uh, a bit of boxing at the moment. Yeah, River doesn't give a fuck, eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's why we love him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, love River. Um, it's very interesting. My respect to um, Hammer because putting on a show down there at the moment would just be an absolute nightmare. Um, yeah. It's like, you know, you got, you got hit up with that, like that letter you sent. Like everyone knows from that one, but like I'm, I'm kind of done with the COVID talk overall. So I don't give a, no. I want to talk about it really anymore, but people that in the know saw the post, they have to, you know, with these, with the athletes, what they have to do from there. So it like, it's just not very difficult. Yes. Um, but I mean, like if anyone can do it, it's Hammer. Oh yeah, definitely. No one. So yeah. So remember that one, like, yeah, by the live stream from that show, I know I will be. And like, you know, just same thing. It's just always just supporting great promotions. So, you know, we have like, you know, plenty of good fights and we keep our fight and I keep like the top tier fighters active as well. Yeah. I think like for promotions that are trying their very best, especially down in Victoria, because they now hold the record, the most locked down city in the world. I'm trying to keep the sport going. It's not just about letting the guys fight right now. It's the kind of foundation that you build for when capacity events are allowed to come back. Like that's kind of like the under, um, you know, kind of like understated element of putting on fights now. It's because you've got like putting on a show now, it's not just about, you know, being able to produce a live stream and, and giving the guys an opportunity it's giving them something to come back for so that when shows can come back as we know them guys are like sort of back in the swing of it like it's really laying the base for getting life back to normal mm. in a couple of months or, or whenever that may be so it's really important um for the victorians that have sat on the sidelines for so long that we can create opportunities where we can in advance of the crowds coming back and the interstaters coming back in mm. and and all that <laughs> yeah definitely you know, it's just so important for me like it's like the world won't probably be same ever again okay mm-hmm. it's established. And we just have to keep moving forward it's like if you want to fight you gotta do some shit you know that's like you know they might not gel with you or you just don't fight that's just how it is at the moment from there mm-hmm. yeah but um another show is coming back as well the announcement of Simon the Sydney in New South Wales yeah coming back and Andrew Parnham glutton for punishment <laughs> he doesn't mind it he's <laughs> Gonna try his luck at being the first cab off the rank post post lockdown. Big day as well. It's like you know, um, have again like the junior development series going again. It's cool. Um, development days in general, pro uh, amateurs and probably some pros. But like you know, just waiting to hear just the sweet sounds of oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> that from the soundboard. <laughs> yeah, I actually got to use it. So that's <laughs> like, you know, all, all you got to do now, if, if anyone wants to do some ASMR, like open a bit of tile, just rub it in the hands, breathe it in a little bit here. And just imagine, imagine the atmosphere of someone like, you know, just throwing bones at each other. Yeah. <laughs> and the excitement of the drill. <laughs> I mean, we'll get a little bit of a taste, I guess, getting everyone back into the gyms on um on Monday. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, super excited about that. Definitely. So, um, going from there now, uh, let's do let's do a little bit of catch up because there's been a few things that happened in the world of Muay Thai since we last left off. Um, so, hey, Hugh. So, what's been going on? What's what's been like pretty exciting from there? And like, yeah, what should we talk about? Um, it's been a bit on. Hey, um, fights in Thailand are going again, um, which is cool. They started strong. <laughs> Have you been watching any of this Lumpini Go Sport? No, I haven't had a chance to have a do it, except for like the, the women's uh, WBC title fight a while ago. That's the only one I watched. Yeah, that was cool. It's like, so Lumpini is under kind of new management. Um, Lumpini Go Sport is like the, you know, the the brand running running things. And, and they've tried to get, actually, announcement this week was that they've now paused operations again due to logistical issues. Um, but yeah, they sort of kicked off, like, really bizarre, really bizarre, like, Lumpini Go Sport as a promotional brand is operating fights, but not exactly Lumpini Stadium. Like they're upstairs in the car park, I think, um, running like closed door events. But like they've got this bizarre like green screen setup. So like you see pictures of the fights um, when they're going on, and they're surrounded by green walls. And like the aesthetic of it is like oh, I, I don't like it but i can understand like they just do this kind of just to add like some so you're not looking at a studio like they do kind of like that night sky surround and stuff like that it, it it's not my cup of tea but I, I can understand it by then during the wbc total fight like they on one of the green screens was like did we talk about, i don't think we talked about it i don't think we talked about it yeah like it's a zoom call like uh, uh i didn't get it uh, like you're watching like a, a, I guess like kind of like a small virtual audience, like looking at the sort of like how you're looking at us right now, like in that kind of gallery view. I but, think they but the did. audience was like, like, okay, these are not your typical Muay Thai fans. That's what I didn't get. Someone could tell me, I'm sure this is how it goes when I say things. People tell me why. I'm, I don't know who these people were, but I think it was something to do with, um, the fact that it was like a WBC title fight and um, like you, you have like the committee that oversees it. I, th- I think it was kind of like, you know, members of the WBC Muay Thai board yeah. or, or something like that. I, I Still, there's, there's a lot of old ladies, man. Like, it's it's bizarre. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was talking to uh, uh, Andrew Parnham during that. Like he said, I had to turn it off. It was too weird. I, I, I sort of agreed with him. I, I wasn't really enjoying it. Um, but like, he's like, how do we get in there? Like, I'm watching. Let me yeah. jump in the Zoom call. I want to be in the in the virtual audience. Let me get involved. Yeah, that's it, man. Like, you know, what do I have to do? I have to lay some chips down or something like that for, for my turn? <laughs> yeah, like, how do I, how do I get involved? Mm. If, if we're doing it, let's do it. As well. Like, I'll just lean in fully. Uh, but like, if you were fighting on there, like, and like you said, like you said, it's just all green screens. All green, yeah. The green screens, man. But like, you know, how would that play though? Like, if you're fighting with, like, it affect, it'd be weird, wouldn't it? I've had the same thought because, like, when you're watching it, I've been watching HD streams because, what else are you gonna do? Um, like, I when you watch it live, like the aesthetic is super different to when you see the pictures of actually in the studio whatever you want to call it studio there it would be weird fighting surrounded by fluorescent green walls yeah yeah there was some good fights in there but like like two weeks ago 
um, Pet Yutong or Kwan Wang for um, Tanan Chai. Like, okay. sweet fire. I like Pet Yutong. Um, really good female style and just a little bit too smart for Tanan Chai there. But you can see, like, as the fight starts to get going, like, um, you know, guys aren't in quite in uh, the shape that we know them to be. And, like, some of these fights I've been watching, like, there's been big names fighting. Like, I watched um, Common Wood. FA fight as well, but you look at this kind of shape they're in, and you read the tail of the tape, and allegedly they're fighting out the weights that they were fighting out before. But like, I'm like, you don't look the same. There's no way. Like, you see these dudes walking to the ring, and the tail of the tape says 138 pounds. Yeah. Um, and you like, there's no way you weighed these dudes. Like, you just sort of like these are guys that they fight in the same weight class as each other generally. But you've obviously just let them come back from lockdown and just kind of eyeballed it. Like, there's no way. Definitely. They're weighing the same. They don't look anything like they used to. Well, that's right. It's like, you know, you imagine like, you know, if there's no fights going over there, you think you're getting these Thai boys in the gym while there's nothing, like no fights going to come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, this. and that's the same as us as well, you know, so you can't expect too much from them. Yeah, there's no way the um, New South Wales fighters either. Let's just go for it. That's it. It's interesting as well. That's actually probably a point that I was thinking about the other day because I've been watching, like I said, I've been watching like so much Mentor. Um, and most of us being from Thailand at the moment because they've been pumping out the show. I've noticed certain gyms seem to come straight back. Like I've, I've noticed a lot of the big fights getting announced. Uh, like like Jitmai Non has been very, very busy in Elite Pods. Like I think the first big show back was at Omnoy and headlined by Pech Marchon Jitmai Non. Um, versus your leg pet did that 99 um and that was that one with the the funny scoring but um yeah i've noticed that like a lot of these big fights seem to have like like there seems to be a handful of gyms that are able to get back the quickest and i'm not sure like i, I understand that when it's the big gyms like your your pitching d's guys have been fighting a lot um fairtex as well um but they're kind of like big very the big kind of like almost western style quite modern um and very wealthy camps um so you can kind of understand that they probably have the resources to keep their guys in the gym um and yeah. sort of support their fighters but but i've noticed like certain gyms seem to um outside of those big ones seem to be the ones that are just pumping guys out right away of course like across the board it tends to be like the the bigger main wealthy camps like a lot of pk Sanchai, a yeah. lot of today 99 um, and yeah, like I said, a lot of gym going on. Um, seems to be kind of like the same handful of, of gyms are like all the main event fighters coming back. So that, that's that's interesting to watch, like how kind of the the landscape of the sport changes off of the back of a major lockdown. And well, it's it's kind of like it's the sad thing about Muay Thai in Thailand as well is that you know that it's it's can be a very economically uneven playing field as far as like some of the smaller camps. Their guys have all had to go back. Yeah, kind of like home back to the country they're working on farms like they're really it's going to be some time before they can be back in um real fighting shape so it's like it's going to be interesting to watch how kind of the what the face of the sport in thailand looks like over the next i don't know year uh i don't know well it's um we hope it's like it's looking good for him because like you know what is it the most of Thailand, like if you're flying in, they've waived the quarantine periods now. If if you're double vaxxed, so like you know, bringing in like you know, 
hopefully bringing in like tourism, more fighters, being able to travel a bit more. Well, traveling is a little bit different to other places from there, but you just hopefully it just it just opens it up a lot more, so you know you can get the scene going again. Do I think Phuket's like uh, it's a little bit different for um, us here and it's coming out a lot, you know, the east east coast of Australia. Um, but even we, we're starting to come through now. But like Phuket's quite easy to travel to now. I think like you just go. They have like designated. I could be wrong. Um, but it's something like they've got like designated hotels and you've just got to spend a few days there until you turn up a negative test um, or two negative tests or something. And then once you um, have been in Phuket for X amount of time, you can travel on in Thailand. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of people have started to already kind of funnel back into Phuket traveling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. You know, it's just good to see that they're actually getting something going again there. So like, um, like, well, cause we'll briefly go through this, but like, Oh, see you. Bye-bye. <laughs> it's like going through like a yeah, like a really good match that was on like there's a, a banger of the match in there. Good look, cooler dumb versus sex on and there. It's like man, you can't expect it to be a banger, but like poof, like even at the end you can see sex on just goes, Well, I think I need to pull something out. So the spinning elbows coming out, axe kicks as well. He's a psycho, eh? I didn't love this match to be honest. Um <laughs> Oh, I liked it from an entertainment standpoint. Everything okay back there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, from an entertainment standpoint, I liked it. Um, but like 140 is quite big for Sexan, and Sexan is a bit past it now. Um, I mean, he never had the smartest style in the world, um, but you notice Sexan's at that point where um, for people that are a little bit less aware of like Muay Thai, Sexan's one of those dudes that is like crazy entertaining, but relies on a lot on like a granite chin. And we saw last year coming out of, you know, when fights came back before they went away again, Conklin knocked Sexan out cold. Um, and that can kind of be the turning point. I, I never remember Sexan getting, getting cold clothed. I remember him, he's fought some big, some big hitters, but he's never, um, He's pretty hard dude to put out. So when you see Sexan get knocked out cold for maybe the first time ever, you kind of like, all right, it's, it's starting to get Conclive's a bit of like a massive hitter also. But then coming off this lockdown, he's up in weight a little bit, like one forties. He will he will fight there, but it's quite big for him. Like his best work was in the lower one thirties. Um, whereas Qlab Dams are a pretty in shape one forty, I think. Even Qlab Dam can fight a little bit lighter, but I think Qlab Dams looked noticeably larger and and like he was carrying a fair bit more muscle than sex arm. um i liked it though i thought qlab dumb looked uh a very hard guy to beat at channel seven he's really good um uh i mean like he's really good anyway but like he's had a ridiculous run at channel like that was where he made his name he had some sweet um ko's coming up in channel seven like some ridiculous ones find them on youtube if you can um but I thought he didn't really fight like, you know, what are they calling him in one championship? Like left meteorite? <laughs> yeah, I think it's something along the lines of meteorite. Because he got this ridiculous left hand. He's got this touch of death in his left hand. Um, but he didn't like, I didn't think he, maybe he's a little bit unfit. I didn't think he approached this fight. Like like he's one of those dudes that comes out 100 miles an hour. Um, and like kind of sometimes at that higher level, the guys that can withstand the storm sort of start to outpoint him and beat him. Yep. Like happen with um. Nguyen Lan Lek and Tom and Chai, who are, of course, elite of the elite. Um, but I didn't really think he he tried to just sit on his left hand and just bowl sex on over. He sat back on the ropes a bit and counterfought. Like, his left knee was really nice. 
kind of like that long kind of like kind of like left kicking to sort of hold and kind of drop the knee across the torso. Really nice against Sexton. Hurt Sexton quite badly. Dropped him early. Dropped him in the second round um, with an elbow. Smashed his nose. Um, but I thought he was picking his shots a little bit. Like, he he didn't fight like he was just going to do the hurricane thing and blow through Sexton in one round. Dropped him, dropped him with quite a sharp shot. Like, picked his timing in the second. And then it started to look a little bit ugly late, to be honest. Like, Sexton's a battler, for sure. Like, oh, he's getting, kick. like, chopped up in the legs as well. It's just like, mm. yeah. It's just it's like yeah, it was it was a tried to tremendous beating. <laughs> he took yeah, it, it was what? a beat. But for honest, the sex aren't like he's crazy. Mm. I've never seen him actually land anything like that. Yeah, nah, not that I know. Maybe in a little bit. I think when he fought in Kunlun in China, yeah, I vaguely remember him having some success with some pretty unorthodox technique. But yeah, at the stadiums especially, like he's always throwing this stuff. But it's like mm. it's almost like just for the pure sake of show like i've never known it to be <laughs> it's like uh like it's uh, sometimes just just i gotta do one cartwheel kick you know just need to need to yeah get like i'm gonna do one missed kick into missed spinning back fist into you know yes this is this is for my peeps <laughs> <laughs> i love him though like uh, i don't know if i like it's, 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 is it is it time though is it time for sex time maybe just go well you know i think i think i've had a, like you know a, a decent enough run do i hang up the gloves take him overseas like he's still hanging like he was gonna fight artem lobov okay wow <laughs> wow that's there i don't know about that match but but that's what like it was in ireland and people were like why would you bring sex to that part of the world to fight and this was like two three years ago as well yeah. And that's your opponent, like, and even Liam Harrison was going, I will fight Sexan. Like, that's the that's the right way. Like, why are you wasting? Yeah, like, is so big. Like, Lobov wouldn't be cheap either. Nah. Like, you could put that money towards fighting like a real mm. Muay Thai yeah. fighter. Yeah, yeah, that, this is a bizarre matchup to make. Fucking stupid, but I'm <laughs> pretty bad. At it. I mean, like, I'm sad that Sexan didn't get to go to Ireland. And bash us and low bob. Um but like I don't know if I I want to see that fight back on the books. <laughs> no, no, that's not that's that's one of the ones that people can talk about, but like you know, never never eventuate. I mean no, no one will talk about it either. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh think we'll talk about one more fight that happened from there. So we go all the way to France as well. So we had uh Jimmy uh Vinot. Versus uh, Yod Witcher, and this one got talked about a lot because the decision of this fight from there was pretty dubious, to say the least. Yeah. Um, it's like uh, I think in the Muay Thai they're talking about like people like, it's, oh no, it's like Jimmy won from there. I, I didn't hear it that much. Maybe I just don't have you know have those people on my friends list. <laughs> but like yeah, uh, I didn't I didn't hear this. I he- I heard it a little bit, but not heaps either. Yeah. Yeah, but like you know, watching this fight from there, like, just afterwards I go. I don't understand this decision. It was just, it was a split decision. I think one judge gave it to your Witcher, and then like another judge gave like four rounds to Jimmy. And I don't understand. Like, what did you see? How, how would you break down this fight? I and again, like the boys on the Muay Thai Hour covered it. I had the I chatted to Kieran about this after I had the exact same score as him. Um, one was Jimmy's. I thought Jimmy. Um, like, but your Witcher wasn't like. Your Witcher wasn't was having a look, like was just seeing what was up in round one. But 
You still have to score. I think sometimes people will give a draw to that round based on what they perceive to be the tie's intention. But Jimmy Jimmy won that round. Like he landed on target a couple of times and, and kind of showed some strength um, in kind of affecting Yodwich's position. I thought two, like in round two, Yodwich's started to get going a little bit, but I wouldn't really kind of split it. I thought it was just kind of a, a drawn round, not much of anything sort of happened. I thought three and four, Yodwich like completely had his way. Um, yeah, in the clinching, big knees. Like, like when you watch these, in a round when, like, like, if you don't really know how to, like, kind of recognise a significant moment in a Muay Thai fight, like, the amount of times Yodwicha, like, really bent Jimmy over a knee like that, like, that's massive. Like, that's almost one of the biggest scoring moments that you can have because you think about what scores in Muay Thai, like accurate on-target strikes that do damage affect your balance and your composure, right? Like you're absolutely kind of showing that, like, like that's one of the most visible demonstrations of like a powerful strike in driving a knee up the centre and also like the effect that that has, like the amount of control to actually really take someone's posture all the way over, show that strength and that kind of dominance. There was a lot of that um, through three and four. And then, of course, and this is the other kind of contentious issue, is that Yodwicha kind of just decided he was up and thought he would just dance the fight off. And uh, I'm kind of conscious of not sort of repeating the conversation that the guys already had. Um, But I think, like, it's an interesting one to bring up because you can't really – I mean, this is – how do I get my whole point out here? Uh, you shouldn't do it when you're not fighting Thailand. Like, it's a very Thai thing. It's not really like, like I, I get a little bit. I don't like watching Westerners sort of try to imitate it, especially like lower level guys. Like, I hate watching it. Yeah, like when two Aussies fight and one guy decides, especially like in a three-round fight or something, <laughs> um, just start doing the dance and like, you know, Yodwich is doing it very tight style. He's moving his hands and just kind of skipping away, like demonstrating that he has no intention to continue fighting. Um, I think it's misunderstood in some ways. Like from Yodwich's perspective, it's like I am soundly up on points. Um, why take a risk? So like, and that you can understand, like, I think there's a difference between full-on dancing around off and protecting your points. Like, because you might tell your boy, okay, you're up, keep and and kick and just move out of the way. You're fighting a dangerous guy. That's different to, like, completely just bouncing up and down and kind of actively disengaging, which is more what you did. But then again, like, I don't think, like, it's not like you want to look at that round and go, Oh, your Witcher was not engaging, so he lost. Like he actually landed a bit, like he was kicking a bit, and it's not like Jimmy had any big moments either. Like it probably, I'd call that like a draw round, but I'd probably go like a draw advantage to your Witcher. Like I don't think it was like, like I think sometimes there's like a Western mentality that when you watch someone back backpedaling and fighting in that way, that you should score it for the guy who was pressing forward because he was trying more, but it, it doesn't really work like that. Like, your Richard did land on target a few times in that round. He just wasn't really interested in. Yeah. You, don't, you don't get points for effort. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a bit of, like, to me, I didn't even think, 
like I see fights where I'm like, okay, this is a good point of education of like this guy was very much more active, but he was getting, you know, hit with more accurate damaging, um, you know, kind of like more scoring blows. I didn't even think this was that kind of fight. I just think it was a shit decision. Like I don't think this was like a, no, you've got to look closer and break down the exchanges. I thought like a monkey could have seen. And I could be wrong. Like I maybe some people be like, no, this is what should have happened and stuff like that. I, I can't understand. Well, I think for like the level of this fight, you know, this is the WMC title fight. And it's like, and it's like you and like and Andrew um, pointed out as well. Like even even the refereeing itself was refereeing wasn't good. Eh? Good, like bouncing them off the ropes. Bad. Yeah, really bad. That was very interesting. Like the way the ref. Yeah, like when they're clinching up. He let the clinches go a lot, and there was probably some times when it should have been broken. I actually liked, kind of liked it. Like, I haven't seen, like, a tie versus Western fight where, like, the tie was allowed to work that much in the clinch. But, again, there's overkill on that as well. Um, there was probably some moments where he, he needed to break the clinch and didn't. But, yeah, like, when they would, like, rather than breaking, like, a somewhat stagnant clinch against the ropes, yeah, he'd grab it and slingshot them off it. Uh, which I haven't seen in a very, very long time. It's like, yeah, no, this is the 90s. What's, what's going on here? Mm. And it's kind of like, I know that was mixed. This is where it's difficult, right? Because it was a WMC world title fight. But like, it was a mixed kickboxing and, and Muay Thai yeah. show. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see kind of where they, who were these officials? I don't know. Like, because it, is it, I don't know. I don't want to speculate. I, I don't know. Uh, because there's that... Did you see that that translated video of them all in the in the back after the fight? No, I didn't see the translated video. Yeah, it was something like, the, the, you know, Jodwich's team were blowing up. But, like, they were also just genuine. Like, you know, the, you see, like, sometimes the teams come and fight outside of Thailand and, like, they genuinely are just confused at, like, Western perception. And, like, Jodwich and Jodwich's management... Um, were going what happened out there like and they said you know maybe we lost round one whatever two was a draw three and four were so clearly as five was probably a draw two um which that's how i saw it as well i think that's how they said they saw it and they go what what happened what happened and they're talking to like the the head official i think i don't actually know someone in a suit and i think he said something along the lines of like i agree like you i scored it for you too which that's not very good yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, you know, you, you got to, I don't know, present a uniform front, like if you're the head official. If that if that's who he was, well, you, then you just go, yeah, I don't trust my officials that, that are underneath me, which is... Yeah. So what, do we overturn? Yeah, I, I don't know. And I heard some... some do, we, do, we, uh, do we call up Daddy Tatry? go, I don't like that decision. Let's take it to the committee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I don't know. Um, I heard some rules that, uh, I mean, it's all speculation. It's very difficult to get news from like somewhere that is definitely the right place especially when you got like ties speaking to french people in english and then getting that news secondhand it's it's like um i heard there was some rules about the wmc aren't going to recognize jimmy as the champion and, and they're going to okay recount or, or something i don't know because i feel like if you take this and put it in front of like a team of kind of executive officials they're all going to score it for your yeah. champion well, like, you know, if there was a case to ever take something to the committee and have, like, you know, and, you know, basically 
other judges to have a look at it independently. From there, it's like, like this is one. This is definitely one yeah. option. But it's also, it's just like, I hate Muay Thai sometimes. <laughs> uh, because, like, that's a world title fight. Yeah. I mean, like, one of the best of the last 10, 15 years of the chart. And Jimmy Vigno is, like, top end. Like, he's, like, a, a world champion in his own right. And, like, we used to get this just nonsense coming out of it. But it's also, like, I guess, uh, I don't want to talk about elbow pads because um, it's a bit done to death. That's the elbow pads in France. But... Four, forearm pads, you mean? Yeah. This, like, I've seen this before. I heard I heard a bit of chatter about this, but I've seen a lot of fights in France where they're wearing, like, those yeah. long-ass elbow pads. They go all the way down the forearm. They don't even seem to care if they're... Like, Damien Alamos and Senchai was quite similar. Like, Senchai's got little arms, too. Like, he's just... Oh, I'm covered in this elbow pad. Um, but like, do you think in another sport, like you could contest a world title with that kind of a stipulation change? Like, don't you think like the kind of playing field has to be? I don't know. It's it's a complicated one for me, right? Because you have to wear elbow pads to fight in in France. Um, it just is what it is, and and the attitude in the past has just been, you just you take elite fights there because France is full of elite, elite tie boxes and and high end ties go there and, and then just slap elbow pads on them and, and whatever. But don't you think once you're contesting a world title, like you kind of have to have exact stipulations? Like don't like in another sport, I don't think that would fly. No, definitely not. It would have to be uniform. And mm. so, but if that's what the country's like, that's it. But then again, those they don't get the world title fight then, because like it's it is it's just different. It's like it's very tricky. Because if you look at like a lot of these, like you know, like the big ones, like WMC and things like that, like you know, they got rules. You got to have a certain amount of ring. You, this is how big the ring yeah. has to be, and this is this. Everything has to be what it has to like what's in their in their rule book. And I think elbow pads doesn't come underneath that. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like I do not think you'd ever like. I think if you had the UFC going to a country and they said, okay, you've got to wear elbow pads for this fight. They would just not do a show there. Like, they'd just feel like it's, you know what I mean? It's it's too different. That's it. What it's we too, do. It, yeah, it just, it doesn't become, like it's not really what, yeah, well, for this instance, WMC tie boxing, it's not. And on a single fight basis, I get it. But once you're putting the world title, you have to feel like there is, as you say, you know, they're strict. You got to, the ring's got to be, this by this and this high off the ground and you know what I mean like it, it seems in, like it's odd but I don't know what else you can do like if you've got a promoter in, in France that wants to pay to bring your which in which is quite expensive yeah. um, and you know they've got a guy that's worthwhile for a world title Are you, can you just tell him no I don't know it's interesting well like, that's right like you know it, it just leaves yourself too open it's like you know well, we're going to do it somewhere else to go so let's wear MMA gloves instead Mm. Or like you know, oh, like let's do someone's like this guy's banged up. Can we put shin pads on? Like, yeah. it's then like you know, it just leaves you too open to actually, you know, basically bend over a little bit and just like you know, change it up as 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 you like. Yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting at like that world title, but I think it's made most tricky by the fact that France are so good at Muay Thai. True, that is. It would be a shame to not be able to put on high end fights in France because they produce valid world title challenges. And I guess, like, the sport obviously has a lot of support there um, so they can kind of afford to put on big shows. It just seems weird to me yeah. that you're able to do a world title fight in elbow pads. 
it is it's a bizarre mm. it's like it's like you said like it's no point like saying like anything about the airbags it's not going to change anytime soon like french it's got a great tie box but even like in even the combat sports where like mma is not that long ago that it was it was illegal illegal yeah so like you know it is what it is though all right um so Let's go on from that though, and let's talk yeah. about the one championship card that's coming up soon. Which is this is great, like you know, really Massive, eh? for it. <laughs> it's like if you if you are an old school fan, like you know, like that that just that just one generation back, I guess, like you know, for like you know, like kickboxing, like this is where it's at. It's it's mm-hmm. great. Um, so we have a featherweight tournament coming up, uh, and also the featherweight titles are going to be put on there. So this is like you know, this is how it's meant to be. Big nine like, seventy kilo boys. Oh man, it's great. As well, so like just just doing a rundown of the list of the people on there. So you know, like you know, Enrico Kiel, this is David Critica, uh, um, Sammy Sansa from the last tournament. Like you know, it's like if you didn't know much about him before that tournament, I think he put his name really out there. For, for, like you know, for this kind of newer stream audience of guys um, to do some good work. Jesus, kids are going fucking nuts. <laughs> That's all right. I'll go through. Um, a, a name that like I haven't heard for a while from there is like. Uh, Chingas, hmm. like um, I remember him back being so good back on the scene, and like you know, I actually rewatched his fight just um, not too long ago against Enrico, An- An- and that was a pretty good match. Um, and you also have City Tri Course. Um, you have the debut of one championship, uh, Typhon Oscar. He's a good pickup. He's a good pickup for one. You reckon we're gonna see the the trademark uh, leggings when he comes in? That's what I was wondering because like Typhon's are an old school, yeah. Um. Uh, uh, a tights boy, but I, I don't think Sauer has worn his tights in one championship. True. I could be wrong. Has he? I don't think he has. I don't think so either. Yeah, so maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Like um, I feel like if you were allowed to wear, I mean, like if you're allowed to wear tights anywhere, I actually don't even think that should fly in Europe, right? Like you'd think they wouldn't let you. Yeah, it's weird. But like, if it's going to be allowed anywhere, it's going to be in, uh, yeah. <laughs> But I don't think um, I don't think one will allow. Maybe they will. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly can't remember anyone. Yeah, wearing tights in one championship. Good. Like it should be a finish. Why are we wearing tights? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, it's too much hanging out there. You know, so it, it looks bizarre. Terrible. <laughs> um. Okay. Quickly as well. So yeah. Uh, uh, Marat Gregorian's on there, Andy Sauer's on there, and then the title fight from there is like you know you got your reigning champion Giorgio uh, Petrosan versus Superbon. Wow, this is good, man. So um, let's let's look at a bit. Like, well, let's 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 put this uh, go first. Like, what's who's exciting for you in this tournament that you reckon might might take it all? That's a good call, right? Because I I, I like the individual matches. Um, there's kind of a, a a bit to read into here, right? Like, um, I think it's a they, they, so like. What is interesting to me is that I I'm not sure how the bracket will progress, but it looks like at opposite ends is Maraca Gorian and City Chai. Yeah, it's on Kinong. Um, they are. They would, if you were to tier this tournament, they would both be close to favourite status, especially with Sidichai just recently taking out Talonchai. Of course, back to Muay for that fight, but looks maybe like he was slowing down a little bit and then to, to have a strong showing, regardless of rule set against Talonchai, is important for Sidichai. Um, 
But like if they progress through to the final, that will be their fifth oh, fight. Very well. Yeah, I think that will be fight five, and like if it's if it's, I think that'll be fifth, and if it's not five, it's six. Like it's not less than like they're four at least four times. An interesting one because like, like Sidichar was just like Marat's Achilles heel. Like he ran into him a number of times in Gurian in China and, and couldn't get past him. But then on the fourth crack, he beat him. Yeah. Um, so even though like they've had a four fight series, Sidichar's up three to one. But the most re- like the Marat win is the most recent fight after three losses. So it's interesting. Like it's almost like. To me, when I look at tournaments with guys that have fought before, which is the case across this tournament a lot, I think sometimes like, like the potential downside of a tournament is you just accidentally create a rematch that no one really wanted. Um, that's you know the, the the what's good and what's bad about tournaments is you don't quite know how the bracket's going to progress. Um, but like yeah, in this case, like if. If ever there were two dudes that have fought four times that were worth doing again, it's probably these two, just because of the way Murat just picked up his win. It's not like they were settling anything in that fight. Actually, the child was up 3 0. <laughs> but then Murat snuck one. So um, it's interesting. Um, I think probably like the dark horse of the tournament, I guess, is Typhon Ozkan, just because I think people are a little bit less familiar. He's on a good streak. Like, he has not lost in some time, but has also been fighting exclusively on, on one circuit within kind of infusion. So he's he's fought big names. Like he's, he's fought a lot of the big names that have come out of that infusion circuit, um, such as, like, Muhammad Jariah, but is has not progressed beyond that and kind of mixed it in with these guys before. So I think... If you look at it like a lot of these guys have fought each other before or have a lot of common opponents, like uh, Typhon Oskan has fought at um, a high level for sure. Like Infusion is, is good and has produced some top talent, but has just been there, has not kind of been moving on the international circuit. Um, so he's probably like the biggest question mark for me. Um, and then I think probably... It's difficult, I think. Uh, oh no, let's. I'll, I'll go a, a couple of thoughts match up by match up, right? Um, <laughs> and I think Enrico and David is a. Uh, I think that'll be a fun fight. Like I, I think Enrico to me have raised his stock with the win over Chingiz Alazov. He beat um, Chingiz in one championship. Oh, it was a solid fight. Like good fight, and I thought I was not on top of him. Yeah, I was not actually expecting Enrico to do well in that fight. Um, I thought Chingis was going to win that quite handily. Um, was reasonably close fire, but I thought Enrico won it quite well and hurt Chingis a couple of times. Um, quite a difficult to deal with Southpaw. Um, and actually, a, a couple of interesting things about Enrico is like he's a Southpaw who really likes to lead with like a left hook from yeah. his rear. So he, he can be. I suppose somewhat what you might call reckless, I guess. Like he really likes to sort of charge in, gets him in trouble. Like it's one of those things, like it's, he's got a bit of a dice roll style on entry. Like he, he really likes to charge in with that 
um, round shot from his rear, which is a little bit, I mean, it's not like super uncommon, but he doesn't have that like quintessential sort of Southpaw style. Like he's, I, I would call him a bit of a Southpaw scrapper, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And like when they versus Enrico, like he, he tried to scrap with Enrico, but like, Enrico yeah. was like really fucking hurting. And he gets shit. I got And you had to sit on his kick game a lot more. Yeah. That fight, especially. Yeah. Yeah, he likes that. I think he will start. Um, he he does also like against an orthodox fighter such as the, which Davidis likes to really kind of drop that heavy kind of like arcing low kick to the rear leg. I think that's probably going to be a go to and, and a bit of a distance setter. Um, yeah, that's kind of like his go to sort of on the outside. I guess is that sort of he he likes the the kind of left cross, but does like to go around with it. Likes to chop that again. Like he's got. He doesn't have that kind of, I guess, like measuring Southpaw style where he really kind of sits behind like a – he's not constantly doing the the circle around your opponent's lead thing. He sits dead on and throws round. But he also – he's not a sit-back counterfighter, but he does like to go second. Like he, he'll let you come in and it's kind of – he gets hit like it sometimes. But, like, he, he really likes to – he does his best work within exchanges. Like, he likes to kind of let you come in. He's just kind of that kind of tight guard. And he, he works well on the fly like that. Like, he kind of sits out just bowling, saying, come in, big leg kick, like these big kind of almost lunging shots. And where he does his best work is when you kind of try to pick him off and, and he does those kind of in-pocket exchanges. Um, I think David Kiria will – I mean, because it's similar to David Kiria, right? He likes to just sort of put put the guard up and let people go first. Mm. Um, so, like, both will be quite willing to e- exchange in the pocket. I believe Enrico will come out best here just based on – I mean, look, the win over Chingis to me is probably the best. That's, that's influenced my take on what's going to happen in this fight a lot. Um, I wouldn't have been sort of – I maybe I probably would have been leaning to the curious way before that, but I think based on on current former, I'll go with Kale in that fight. Um, yeah, I, very he's good, a very good fighter. He's been up there with the best mm. many times. Always like you know, basically a little bit more on the on the loser side of most bouts. But like he's he's always just hang around there, like you know, and just and most of the time, like you know, give himself a good showing. He's never been like absolutely blasted out of the water too often. Yeah, he's also, like, I think Davide, like, people, I think he's underrated. Um, he's he's on, he's coming off a loss in his one debut against Giorgio. He's wow. fought Giorgio twice, yeah, but like, who doesn't lose to him? But, like, he's got some big wins. Like, he was on a good run before that. Like, he's um, beaten, uh, he knocked out Nordin Benmo. Um, he recently beat Anatoly Moisiev. Um, like, he's uh, Sergei Kuliaba. Like he's he's got so these are all recent wins. I'm just looking at his record here. So like I think people re- sometimes remember he climbs up to the top, and then a lot of his recent fights have kind of been reasonably narrow losses against top end guys. But people forget the climb. Like he's actually a fairly consistent guy. Mm. Again, with some really big wins. Um. So yeah, like I think it's an interesting fight, but I am. Again, I would have lent David's way in this fight probably slightly stickily before um, Enrico beat Chingis. So I'm, I'm going to back Enrico in this one. I'm feeling gutsy. I'll do it. Yeah, 
<laughs> Fair enough. You you know, put that into like um you won championship uh fantasy. Yes, I will. I will put that into it. I forgot that was a thing, but I will do it. <laughs> I will back and recode. Look, uh, I, for myself, like thinking about this, like you you see like probably like half or maybe a little bit more, maybe half. It's like you know they play that kind of real Dutch style, eh? Mm. Which allows for the big, like, you know, the bigger gloves as well. Opposed yeah. to the small gloves they're using for the Muay Thai one. Um, and I don't know, I, I'm kind of, I'm going to, I'm going to pick Sammy Sanza. Go through just like. For the whole tournament? Yeah, for the whole tournament. Interesting. I don't know who might pick for the whole tournament. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go like, you know, what he did before. Like, you know, came in, like just a long dude. If he, if he can keep his range and just bang those knees in, especially when people are trying to get in close, it's, it's hard to deal with. On. But like um him versus Chingas, like we'll see. It's a good fight. I think Chingas is again like I was very surprised that Enrico beat Chingas. Um Chingas up until the fight with Petrosian a couple of years ago on Bellator looked almost unbeatable for a number of years. Chingas is one of my stylistic favorites to watch. Um I think He's got like a he's a, an XK1 Grand Prix champion. Uh, he which just went on this absolutely filthy win streak in the lead up to that um, fight with Petrosian, where he was fighting mostly in Japan, um, a bit in China as well. Because he had a couple of fights in um, he was undefeated up until about 2013, and then he lost back to back fights against Marat Gregorian and Sidichai. Um, and the Marat one was like a little bit, it was on Glory. It was his only fight in Glory. It was like a bit of like a, a funny one. Like uh, Marat spun in an exchange and cut Chingiz and Chingiz said it was an elbow. It looked like it could have been an, difficult to say um, and got stopped by the doctor in the first couple of minutes. Um, and then he looked like when he lost to Sidichai, it was by like extra round decision as well. Two close fights against top end guys when he was quite young. Um, and then just went on this ridiculous win streak that included a K1 GP title um, all the way up until, like, he would have won at least, like, 20 fights in a row, like some crazy win streak. And, mm. but again, one of these guys that was fighting pretty much exclusively in Asia at kind of the height of glory, so you could kind of be forgiven for not knowing he was a real player. Um, but, like, he's got this fascinating style to watch where he will cover space with stance switches, like he's a fascinatingly agile striker where like his control of distance is as good as anyone's in the world. Like he's got this amazing method of like lulling you in with this funny rhythm. Like he knows how to, like he will fight the space. Like you'll often see him punching the air in front of his opponent. And and, like, it's kind of funny to watch until you realize what a measurement play that is. Like, Fighting up to the, he's not missing, he's not an inaccurate dude. He's really just looking to control that air, really dictate where the fight takes place, and, and manage your ability to enter in. Um, wicked high kick on Chingis. I uh, will be difficult to land a high kick against Sammy Sanna. Um, <laughs> but yeah, has some wicked high kicks, and his ability to whip out the high kicks from his from anywhere out of either stance is very difficult. Like he has some crazy high kick KOs. Um, and this also really sort of like he just has an like an amazing amazing ability to not allow you to understand how far away you are from him. Like you see where he he has that ability to ice people because they relax on the outside. They don't understand because the way he covers space to just step into the other stance 
And like he's he's got like a really nice step through left hook. So he's all I mean like I don't even know if you call him orthodox. Like he changes that much. Like he does. A fair he's fully, fully bystandial. <laughs> like when he steps through with a hooking shot, like you've seen him, I've seen him clip a lot of people with that. Because his ability in milliseconds to reset into the other stance and land with full power is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And the way that that stance switching allows him to control the ring laterally is amazing. And, and that's where people like, he knows how to catch people when they take a breath. His body works really good. Um, and yeah, kind of just that cheeky high kick from wherever is difficult to deal with. Like, I think to flip to the other side of this, as you say, Sammy Santa is like the, you know, I feel like coming into this, like I had a similar feeling to yourself. I like, I kind of wanted to pick Sammy to win the whole thing. Cause like last time he came in with the upset or yeah. over Yod St. um, really, I mean, like people say he made a name for himself there, but he's had like 150 fights. So like, it's kind of mm-hmm. difficult, <laughs> you know I mean? Like it's, it's like, it's like he came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, just, uh, that, just that little bit more mainstream shine to him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, um, like I think his style is a bit less like like he really likes to. He's a long, tall guy, but his thing is kind of rather than like staying long all the time, like a big kick and knee fighter. But he actually likes to kind of bowl over you with sort of that boxing game with Toyo. That's where a lot of those knee comes knees come from. Not like that sit back and and spear a straight knee, but kind of punch his way over you. So he's kind of arching his whole frame over the top of you and then knee from in there like not a kickboxing knee style per se he relies on the clinch a little bit but he can adapt that and i think that's probably going to be the game against chingas like is to not kind of but chingas a very difficult dude to sort of sit in and exchange with i think probably the the big gloves as opposed to the little ones favor chingas in this fight I would probably say I think like Sammy Santa so long and ranging those little gloves is quite tricky. Yeah. But I think yeah, I, I am reckon I'm gonna actually go Chingiz way in the opening round. That's yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's like uh, especially with Chingiz, I guess with his last fight, like maybe just shaking off a little, like you know, just those those one championships first time out, kind of like jitters out a bit, and like yeah, and it would like like I can see as well with Sammy Santa's mate would suit a lot of his game as well. Like just getting there, using the hands a bit more. It's like That's a- an interesting thing to bring up as well. I actually thought against Enrico Kale um, that Chingas struggled in the cage. Yeah. I've so got- oh. I don't know where they're going to do. They'll probably be in a ring, right? Like I don't know if one is still doing oh, yeah. sometimes a ring, sometimes a cage. But if it's all kickboxing, then. It's in the ring. Yeah. yeah so anyway. If it's in a ring, it favours um, Chingas. I believe that because I, 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 I think being the how much of his game is built upon ring control when you get rid of the ring um it's a little bit i i did think um i have no doubt that he could adapt it perfectly but i actually think there was some growing pains in making his style cage friendly because the corners are very important to the way that he exits um the way that he would kind of press forward on um enrico with no corner to back him into, I thought made him, made him struggle a little bit and no corner to kind of do that sharp exit out of. Um, yeah, I, I thought watching that fight that Chingiz was struggling a little bit with the change of surface. So it'll be like, I will be interested to see where 
they're kind of putting this fight because I think it makes a massive difference. Yeah, that's that'll be a really interesting match. Um, that one over my boy Santa comes through with it. But um, let's go into the next one. So you got City Chai, then like staple the game for so long now. But also mm-hmm. like yeah, and like for for a lot of people, it's the first look at Typhon. And like yeah. yeah, how do you reckon this this match plays out? I think this is like a big question of where Cedar Chai's at. Like, I think he looked like, like as we discussed with the Marat fight and then the Superbond fight, first in one, he did really look like he was slowing down. Um, just picked up a big win over Talon Chai, as we said, a somewhat contentious win for sure, but still a good showing back under the titles. In kickboxing, I think this is just going to be, yeah, a question of, I think. Looking at the matchup, like Typhon has that, um, you know, that, as we said, that very, this is a very like European style kickboxing versus Muay Thai fight, which Cedar Chai is used to. Yeah. He fought Murad a million times, um, has fought, you know, the likes of kind of, or I mean, like, you know, uh, I would say um, Josh Johnson, he has quite a Dutch style as well, not a Dutch guy. Um, but train under Andy Sauer. He, he's used to kind of, and David Kiria also is a good example. Um, Sidichai murked him a couple of times too. Um, it's not something Sidichai, he's a well adapted kickboxer. Um, Typhoon, he, you know, he, as we say, he likes that um, busy boxing oriented and low kick kind of style. Um, you know, without unpacking it super intricately, he likes that kind of you know, sort of lean out and uppercut kind of entry. Um, we'll kind of like pump like sort of a double cross down the line, like to kind of like back guys up. Big action fighter. I think watching him fight, I do believe he's there to be left kick. I, I think knees is yep. to friend here. If he can get them going and kind of disrupt, it's going to be a matter of controlling tempo. It's volume versus that. The kickboxing scoring is going to be interesting to watch because I think from a pure effectiveness standpoint, Scissor Chai's openings for knees, it's going to be a matter of like kind of like just getting those straight knees up the centre on entry and left kicking, just sending that left kick up across the midsection while um, Typhon steps into punch. There's some openings there. I watch it. Um, I ha- I haven't watched heaps of tape on Typhon fighting like a, a Thai stylist. Um I've watched him fight like a lot of European. Let's have a look. I would imagine he's not. Yeah, I don't think he's ever fought like a, a you know, a real Thai, Thai style, let alone like a, you know, like I don't, I don't see a lot of like, you know, it, it's mostly like European kickboxing styles on his record. So that can be like a pro or a con. Um, he probably won't be used to that kind of single shot power type style. I think a lot of the guys that I think a lot of the European kickboxers, it's quite an obliging style. Just so like, yeah, we're going to fit each other with like our hands, like, you know, basically yeah. hands and just go from the middle. It's, it's, it's like, um, how like, you know, almost like Mexican boxing, <laughs> you <laughs> know what I mean? Like it's a bit of a, um, yeah, like, like we're, we're yeah. going to set the range fight in the phone booth and, and kind of, do you know? It's, it's a lot of like there's a lot of intricacy to it that I think people don't understand. Like like the inside boxing work. Um, there's a lot of that nuance you don't really get in like in kind of the retire style because once you get in close, the clinch and the elbows become a part of it. But yeah, I'm looking at his record now. He he has beaten um Pechayol Banchamek, 
um, on infusion. So he's had some experience against, and, and he has also many, many moons ago, he um, beat Fabio Pinto, who, of course, is a bit more that that tire style. Yeah. So, yeah, I see openings for left kicks and knees, and I think that's Sidichai's thing for sure. Um, it's just about whether he can slow the entry of Typhon down enough to make that happen and whether he can warn off the aggression enough to, to make that effect in this win under kickboxing rules, which is, of course, very important. Sidichai's style is very much Muay Thai for kickboxing, but he's adapted it to the rule set. He's got to really shut down the aggressive, the, you know, the high-volume offense to land those knees and make, make statements with it. So I think this is a pretty interesting fight. I reckon I'll go Sidichai. For this, yeah, that's a fair pretty. That's a fair match. But um, that one's a bit. That one's a bit. Yeah, I think Typhon's just got to like, uh, like you know, if you're gonna look at balls in court from there, it's just like you know, more so like the his physicality. Yes, there's like can see you can see see try in the past slow down a little bit, which like you know, especially when you got someone like Typhon, it's there is no off switch. It's just constantly barrage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better, and better it's gonna be hard to keep off where these landing power power kicks and knees like. Sidichai, of course, is a tough dude. You're not going to walk through. That's the other thing about like kind of coming into like fighting that person with a little bit more of a tie style and how much you can't like just walk through a Sidichai knee or kick. You know, like it's it's different. Like you're not just going to. But you know, if he can get through one, wear it on his guard and and just get the the boxing going. Is Sidichai going to have the gears to keep moving and keep making that that game work? That's sort of what, what remains here. I believe a, a prime Sidichai I would pick handily in this fight. Yeah. I don't know where Sidichai is at right now. Um, form is good, you know, coming off a win uh, in his last fight. So let's see. See, definitely. And so let's go to the last match of the tournament. There, so you got Marat Gregorian. That one, Willie on the up, and then you got Andy Sauer. So this this match is in like all the matches. Like it makes me feel like the I just got that uneasy feeling in my stomach every time I see Andy Sauer take step up to the plate. Now, um, yeah. I'm and, a massive Andy Sauer fan from from way back, yeah. but um, I don't even think there's too much to say about this fight. I I think like the the physicality of of Mark Gregorian will probably be too much for Andy Sauer at this point. He's he just he is the the storm pretty much <laughs> and like and like Andy South at the moment from there is yeah he just feels like more like the like the storm against the paper plate is yeah like and and sour I mean um Marat like he, he's got like an interesting sort of guard like when you're in close it's very very narrow and like you do see guys work his body and like a, a younger sort of prime Andy Sauer like it it would have been you, you would have it's a different fight to kind of analyze like I think because his his body work is some of the best ever. Um, that almost like a, a similar to like what people call the the Ernesto Hust style of low kicking, like that round body shot into that little arch over. Like Sauer when he was younger was like incredible at dictating exchanges. Like his inside boxing was unreal, and his positional control, like the way that he would get on your hands and reposition himself in the midst of an exchange, was unreal. But yeah, I think just a little bit slower, a little bit older these days. Yeah, but still very much at the top of his game. I, I think this is probably going to be a rough night for um, Sauer. Yeah, I, I'm kind of hoping that. I'm, I'm kind of predicting that as well. You never know that, but mm, <laughs> combat sports, like, you know, sometimes you just you can just kind of pick a lock, you mm. know? I'd like to be proved wrong. Like, it would be cool to see Andy come, in, come into this one with that. 
you know, like a some some renewed youth and and kind of start to mix it up in the rest of the tournament. But you know, like he he he's coming off a win, um, his first one championship win over his uncle new, which was a good fight. It was a fun fight, but like um, had a pretty ugly run against Typhon Oscan, and then had a another um. You know, a, a, not a bad, not a terrible performance, but a flat performance. And against Anthony Njikwani, um, on yeah. the the one hero series, um, and then had quite a rough one against the old Saint Clark Vertex. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, like you never know, of course, but I I do think that kind of run was starting to seem like Andy has has slowed down quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and let's let's talk of the the boys on the top of the heat. You have the champion, Giorgio, and up and comer, actually Super- not the champion. He's a vacant, vacant, inaugural title fight. Yeah, um, Petrosian held the tournament title from that they're doing again, but this is actually the um. Oh, so it was a inaugural yeah. title. Okay. Ah, I don't enough. know why. It seems pretty easy to give him the title title off of the tournament, but <laughs> yeah, that's why I thought it was pretty clear cut from that one. But okay, fair enough. And <laughs> I, I would imagine that the winner of this tournament gets the gigantic tournament belt and then fights. I love belts, eh? Um, so any chance <laughs> someone any, any chance to throw something on someone, yeah. It looks yeah. good. Love the fight though. A great fight. Great fight. So what's the breakdown on this one coming up? Look, I mean, what do we need to say about Giorgio Petrosh? We've talked about him time and time again. He's a computer of a man. I love Giorgio because he doesn't do anything seemingly complicated he can just control very fine angles and just has a an incredible ring understanding like he knows his distance knows his position and the way when you watch him slow down like his footwork is unbelievable like the way that he can just cut a really fine angle just to thread what he needs through very much like we talked about kind of uh enrico cal not being the quintessential um south boy i think protrosion is very much is the He's the kickboxing southpaw, like his left knee, left hand, right hook. Um, just all those base southpaw weapons coupled with incredible timing and, and ring understanding just make him super difficult to deal with. Has kind of been doing things a little bit differently in one championship, right? Like we've seen him like for a number of years was like a, a you know, like a female style in terms of demeanour, like the way that he would just kind of counterfight and just do enough and, and win the points. Almost untouchable. Like, I mean, his record is 104 and two. Yeah, oh, I'm not too sure, but it sounds about right. Something like that, yeah. Like, something crazy. Um, almost untouchable. Mm-hmm. But, like, he got caught by um, Andy Reiste a, a few years ago. That was a bit of a shocker. But, uh, yeah, then it's just picked things right back up. Mm-hmm. Um, versus... Superbon, who, like, I feel like Superbon, like, one of the top ties competing in kickboxing, but I feel like he's one of these dudes that you have to, like, I don't even think of him as, like, a crossover Muay Thai kickboxer. Like, I think of him as a kickboxer, kickboxer. Yeah, he's like, you know, it's the yeah, amount of time that he spent on Kulong and that just... Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah definitely. I, I, I feel like he is more of a kickboxer. Yeah, like, we watch him. He, he even still hops back and fights um kickbox um he's fought some Muay Thai I'm pretty sure like somewhat recently um like he's he's not like adverse to getting back in the rule set um but yeah like this is probably the 
most competitive matchup I think we've seen Petrosian in for a number of years. Um, yeah, Superbond since getting caught by Marak Gregorian in, I think, 2018, has put together like a, a wicked win streak. Excited to see him kind of string it together in one. I think this is a match that could be a bit awkward because, mm-hmm. um, you know, Petrosian, like Superbond is one of these guys, as much as he has really become, like cemented himself as a kickboxer, he still likes to... Um, take liberties with the rules a little bit. Like, he loves a catch and sweep and a foot sweep and stuff and kickboxing yeah. rules. And, like, Petrosian's not really going to, like, oblige that. Like, yeah, you know like, how things are with him. Like, he's very, like, you. I think you're going to hear a little bit of complaining to the ref and stuff like that. Because, like, again, this one's interesting as to whether it's in a ring or a cage because some of the way that Superbond has adapted his style to kickboxing is very interesting because, again, he likes to just cheat. Um, <laughs> cheat without cheating, and I think that's one of the things that's always annoyed me about kickboxing. Like, is it cheating? Like, you don't get caught for it. Yeah. I mean, like, when do you ever see someone get punished or warned for catching and sweeping in kickboxing, despite it being explicitly not allowed? <laughs> like, no. Yeah, but he also likes, like, you watch the way he doesn't mind. He's very good at covering ground by taking away your balance. So, like, if he catches a kick, he likes that little shove off and and get you hopping on one leg and that's when he'll mount his own offense. He's like, I guess he's, he won't wait for you to be out of position. He will put you out of position. So it will be interesting against Petrosian who doesn't generally lead. Um, likes a little bit more to be the step back counterfighter. Like can Superbond put Petrosian in those positions is what remains to be seen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. A very, very interesting fight. Um, Superbond loves his kind of like he loves his big high kicks and yes. his jump knees and stuff like that. Like, can you imagine Petrosian getting hit with something like that? So, we've never seen it, but we've never seen him fight someone with Superbond's ring acumen. So, I don't know. This is the match, though. That's that's what it is. It's like, you know, this is that top level we're going to see. Like, you know, Petrosian have to, like, you know, really kind of delve into like you know what he does best and which is like basically you know, just measuring the distance and making making the other guy swing at air mm. which is like superbond's hard though that's you know he doesn't he doesn't like you know basically like you know put himself out there too much to leave too much open yeah like honestly it, uh, the the inside again i think there's going to be i love this match but i think there are going to be elements of it that are a bit ugly like when it comes to uh, I look, the inside exchanges in this will be unreal. Like, I think Superbond, if you look at the way he counterfights, um, he's one of the only dudes that can kind of hold up to Petrosian in there that, that will be able to kind of, uh, I guess, match his footwork. I mean, I, I believe that. You know, I think I don't think you see Petrosian in many competitive exchanges because it's just him out positioning you to the point where he does his work and he exits out. Like I think Superbond can trace him a little bit better and kind of make him fight. And that's going to be very interesting because uh, Petrosian's a dude that not many people can make him fight, but he can scrap too. Like when you saw him just kind of walk down Joe Nadawa and stuff like that, I would really like to see this be a fight where, you know, Superbond can match him for skills. And so they have to really kind of 
kind of get it. Get, if you can get Petrosian through his gears and kind of make him work a little bit, it can, it's fascinating to watch. It's just that he's not going to do more than he has to. And not many are smart enough to even really compete with him. So I'm interested to see, again, over five rounds. That's one of the things that annoys me about one is you see a lot of good matches over three rounds. So I'm excited to see this for five. Um, who's your pick? I'm, I'm going to go with Petrosian. I find it very hard to pick against ah, Petrosian. But like it's yeah. like, I could swing. I could swing, but like, yeah, it's like, you know, just same thing. Just, it just looks too good. And especially mm-hmm. this, this little, like you said, the, this later part of his career now, he's kind of like shifted gears to a little bit different now. And like, and like searching to like really hurt people a bit more. It's, it's been, it's a good fit for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love this guy. I think one's doing a good job making fights people yeah, you want to see. That we're more of it. Yeah. It's like a, um, a less less women's MMA tournaments, more. <laughs> I mean, or just invest in a good women's MMA tournament, right? Like, the other thing, I, this is another thing I was thinking about. Like, I get so much flack for when I say I hate the MMA fights on one. Like, this is like the latest thing that people get mad about is like people only liking one combat sport. <laughs> like like people like, what are you like in the nerds? Ultimate fighting sport. I like MMA. Like I don't I don't, you know, I'm not super I, I like good MMA. Yeah, like have you watched the <laughs> MMA on one? Like when I say I'm bored by the MMA fights, I'm not taking a shit on your favorite sport. Yeah. Um I'm saying like you could are watching the pinnacle of stand-up combat and like garbage MMA spliced together that's why I don't like it. that's why I like these shows I would love for one to just make a striking league and I can tune in and watch MMA if I want to which is never or I can just watch the Super Series because it's like it's a completely different product in terms of level uh, unfortunately the, I'm pretty sure there is now no Muay Thai fights on one first strike it's all kickboxing okay um but I'll set, I'll settle. I'll meet you in the middle. <laughs> That's it. it's like you know it's like uh, it will do. You know I guess it will work. <laughs> I haven't seen this officially announced, but Taiwan Chai versus Summer Petch was on the card. Mm-hmm. I heard Taiwan Chai is hurt, but what is confirmed is that Summer Pet is going to fight Little Wader mm-hmm. in November or December. So I can't see why yeah. they would announce in one. So I can't see why they would announce that for four or six weeks or whatever if that fight was still on. So I'm going to say that's fine. Song. That's it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn, that'd be a good fight though. Good fight. But I'm fine. Ritual Wada and someone pets a sick fight as well. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. So, guys, so like, yeah, next Friday from there, it's all going down. See how our picks go. See if our reads were spot on or not okay and like yeah it's knowing like, tournaments remember i think last time actually yeah i remember last time i picked every tournament fight role <laughs> Did you? yeah I because remember, remember like if you uh, take the the results as they were before um before the board got involved yeah petrosian lost yes that's right god thank Clyde lost um oh no oh, actually yeah no i think i picked i made i made some gutsy picks that ended up not being wrong. <laughs> yeah, like it was a, a very high drama tournament last time and I'm yeah. sure we'll be the same this time. Tournaments are still to pick. Yeah, so to tournaments, man, they're just a different animal. You know? And like a fresh out of lockdown tournament as well is tricky because there's all these like intangibles that 
like, you know, you just can't get line of sighting to. But um, I still, you know, I'll yeah. come out here with my picks. I won't sit on the fence. Well, that's it. You know, you've got to put yourself out there. Yeah, fuck. You know. I'd love to hear yours. <laughs> that's it. You know, send them in to us. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, let's have a listen. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, so I think I'll do us for this week from there. And, like, yep, yeah, we'll just see how this tournament goes. So just remember, guys, to like, subscribe, share the episode from there. Um, like I said before, if you think I'd pick – got different picks, send them in. And, yeah, post it up. And we'll, we'll Everyone s- happy to tell me they knew what was going to happen after it happened. So that's yeah, bullshit. That's that's all <laughs> yeah, that. Fuck you. <laughs> There's no evidence beforehand. Then you're fucking lying. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. So we'll catch you next week. All right. See ya. Thanks again for listening to the Combat Chat Podcast. You can catch all episodes on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and all other podcast platforms. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Follow your boys on Instagram, Facebook, at Combat Chat Podcast. See you next week.